0: Dr. Michael Roizen.
1: Dr. Michael Roizen.
0: You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast, Radio MD, iHeart, or wherever you download us from. Thank you very much for doing it. It's what motivates us. And we have a great guest. This is 1135B, and the B's are always guest segments. The A's, the latest medical news of the week and what it means to you. But the B this week may mean more to you than anything. Netta Gorman is the host of the podcast Life After Sugar, and I was fortunate enough to be interviewed by her. I was so fascinated by her style and what she knew that I had to ask her if she would come on mine. Her real website is After Sugar Club. SugarClub.com, and you'll hear it is for obvious reasons. We, as usual, are brought to you by the Great Age Reboot, greatagereboot.com, where you can find and download the Reboot Your Age app, or use it on the website, Or, of, and the other, of course, of our sponsors, been with us a long time. Thank them. Lifesfirstnaturals.com, the makers of both True Biotics and bovine colostrum. Two things you might want to consider. You can go to their website, see the double-blind randomized control trials that in fact show the benefits of bovine colostrum in the winter at preventing upper respiratory infection. We think it's because it strengthens your gut barrier, but we don't know why, but the data are pretty clear that at least in Italian soccer players and French soccer players, it does keep them playing more in the winter and avoiding infections more. But today we have a great guest and I don't want to pause. Netta, how did you get involved in Life After Sugar?
1: Lovely to talk to you, Dr. Royzen. Thank you for having me. I actually never set out to stop eating sugar. It was the last thing that I wanted to do. And it's usually the last thing anyone wants to do <laughs> because I was just a sugar fiend. I was like the world's dessert queen. I had a sweet tooth. <laughs> it was like it, whenever I felt, you have a lot of
0: competition for being that, you know.
1: Yes, I I think I could win. I really, yeah. In those days, I think I could have won, but it was like whenever I had any kind of emotion—if I felt sad or happy or I wanted to celebrate, whatever—I turned to sugar. I turned to chocolate, you know, and it was like my lifeline, and I was perfectly happy with that until I wasn't, and. Uh, most people kind of cut sugar because of weight issues, but for me, it was because of my digestion.
0: What, what about your digestion that you caused you to try this, and how did you try it? Did you go gradually? Did you go all of a sudden? Did you avoid simple carbohydrates at the same time? How did you do this? I mean, I get to see you, our listeners don't, because this is a radio podcast, if you will, and your your skin looks like that of a 12-year-old. I mean, it's beautiful, as, as you are. How did you happen to choose this if it wasn't a weight issue? Because most people, it is a weight issue that starts them on it, isn't it?
1: Sure, yes, definitely. Yes, and, you know, I suppose if I hadn't if been suffering so much, if my body hadn't backed me into a corner, and if I hadn't tried everything else to get rid of my uh, my chronic constipation before, then I would never have thought of cutting sugar. In fact, I didn't think of it. It was, it was suggested to me by a nutritional therapist in the United States that I try this for two weeks only. And quite frankly, I said, no, thank you. Just (laughs) I couldn't see the connection between sugar and my digestion. But after sort of resisting for a long time, I thought I'll give it a go. I'll give it a try, and I tried it for those two weeks, complete sort of completely cold turkey, as it was, as it were. And I didn't eat any types of added sugars, refined grains, or sweeteners for that period of two weeks.
0: So you avoided really every the sugars you avoided syrups you avoided simple carbs for 2 weeks
1: yes and and, and how difficult
0: it. was it those first 2 weeks
1: well it was i would say looking back cuz this was in 2015 it was difficult for about 48 hours of those 2 weeks so i would say was it
0: difficult? was it the first 48 hours
1: it was days 3 and 4
0: so, you could do it by willpower and by diet the first two days, and then all of a sudden you started missing carbohydrates in your brain, craving them in your brain.
1: Mm-hmm. It wasn't cravings yet. It was my body saying, I've got to go and lie down. I can't function anymore because I'm not getting what I'm used to getting. But I wasn't craving as such, not yet. That came quite a bit later, actually. My body was just exhausted. And then because it wasn't using the fuel it was used to using and then after those 48 hours of being pretty much MIA really I sort of jumped out of bed and thought oh now I feel better and my energy levels started started to go up and up and up and I my my joints started to to like just be less stiff or less achy and I, although I didn't have a huge amount of weight to lose I did have some and it I felt that my pants were getting looser and it wasn't like I was eating less. And then, so at the end of these two weeks, I actually did feel better. And the nutritional therapist said to me, well, you know, you can start reintroducing a little bit of those types of foods that you cut. And I was like, no, no I think I'm going to carry on. And I carried on for another week, another week. And it's been, well, seven and a half years.
0: Fantastic. And... So now you started to tell other people about it. How did this happen to hit you in a career way? In other words, I don't want to give away everything about you, but you're going to tell us, I hope, everything about you in this concept. So what were you doing? What was your occupation at the time you started to go off sugar? And how did you change what you decided to do?
1: Yes. Okay. Good question. Well, I've been a teacher all my life. I live in French-speaking Quebec in Canada, even though, as you can hear, I'm originally from England. And I teach English as a second language to in a college, like a, a technical college, to 17 to 19-year-old French students, French-speaking students. So that's what I've been doing all my life, teaching. And when I found out just how wonderful life can be after stopping sugar... I thought, I can't keep this to myself. I've got to, like, give workshops, give a class, something. And I started doing that in French in in the little town that I live in. And gradually over the years, I decided to switch over to English, to my first language. And so I'm still teaching a little bit, but I sort of have two different passions. My passion of teaching English as a second language and my passion of teaching life after sugar to people who may, like me, may not actually want to stop eating sugar, but they realize they have to.
0: And, and so what do you, tell me, how do you express that second passion? Do you have a consultant practice other than, in other words, you have a, and we should say she has a great podcast. I think it's called Life After Sugar. Is that right? And obviously, it, it, you can get to that podcast the same way we said, aftersugarclub.com, and get to the Life After Sugar. But, but other than that podcast and the web, do you have a consultant practice? Do you teach it in a class? Do you teach it in small groups? What do you do to spread this? Because obviously, you've got a passion.
1: Yes, I do. I do. I have a membership called the After Sugar Club. So my, so the people who tend to gravitate towards my message and the sort of the happy, joyful message of life after sugar are actually very often people who are already health conscious. Most do intermittent fasting already and realize that sugar is getting in the way of doing fasting easily, naturally, And so they hear me on my podcast, Life After Sugar, or on other podcasts like yours, and they feel that I get them. I get that it's not just about weight loss. It's about living life in a more healthy way, not just physically, but and not just what you eat, but how you see life and how you relate to yourself and to your food and to sugar. So the After Sugar Club is a membership a bit like I call it the Netflix of sugar, you know, you you pay a monthly fee and you get access to a library of resources that I've built. You get access to our community and you get access to live calls with me and with the group to get support, to get accountability, to get my guidance, my insights. And it's a wonderful international group of people.
0: Isn't that great? I'm, I'm honored to be able to talk to you. Now you are seven and a half years after this. What, how much sugar do you have at all in your diet? And Quebec is known as the maple sugar capital of the world. What do you say to the maple sugar producers in Quebec?
1: <laughs> I do apologize. I'm sure they can survive without me. <laughs> but you're right, Well, as added sugars... I would say I eat zero, especially the sweet sugars. And my tastes, funnily enough, have changed to this to the point where I actually dislike sweet tastes of all kinds. So I don't need to sweeten my food because I actually do not like sweet tastes anymore for having not really tasted them for so long. It's I can my taste buds have really become very sensitive to tastes in general and sweet tastes specifically.
0: So, yeah, I have that same issue, if, if you will, that is even using raisin reduction, which we use to sweeten some of our recipes. I have to have our chef cut it in half or quarter because I'm so sensitive to sugar now.
1: It's crazy, isn't it? And it's freeing. I find it particularly liberating not to need the sweetness of any type of sweetness and not to sort of run after the sweet tastes like as if I needed something, as if something wasn't complete or satisfactory to me. So yeah, the simple answer to your question on that score is zero. I don't use sweeteners of any type, either natural or artificial. I certainly don't use refined sugar or any of its sort of synonyms and not even natural sugars like honey or maple syrup. Only, not because they're necessarily bad, but only because I don't like the taste of sweet foods anymore and i've developed the love of all other tastes
0: yeah i do think they're naturally bad so i'm gonna go that far even if you're in montreal and saying that from a uh commercial standpoint i don't know i don't know that you are but if you are the point is i don't think you need to because they are a increase uh blood sugar, especially fructose that is freed, attaches to proteins and makes the proteins dysfunctional. So I think you can can actually say they are bad. In any case, tell us about your diet. When do you eat? What do you eat? And uh, what do you enjoy eating?
1: Right. Well, I can tell you 100% truthfully that I enjoy absolutely everything that I eat. And I have a special term for what I eat, and I call it food. (laughs) So basically, most of what I don't eat is processed foods that are engineered by the processed foods companies, the industry. And what I do eat tends to be unprocessed whole foods that include, for me at least, meat, fish, seafood, eggs, fermented dairy, and I ferment my own foods and drinks. I eat, for example, cheese as well, nuts and seeds, and I make thousands of combinations with those basic ingredients. And I never get bored. I love everything I eat. I don't need to snack in between meals. I feel just fine eating once or twice a day. I never get hungry or I never have that feeling that I used to call hungry, funnily enough, when I was eating five or six times a day, because sugar is not stimulating my ghrelin, it's letting my leptin send messages to my brain that I'm full, and therefore intermittent fasting is just a natural occurrence in my life. It's not something I have to white-knuckle through, and nor is not eating sugar.
0: We've been talking to Netta Gorman. You can find her at AfterSugarClub.com or Life After Sugar Podcast. She's wonderful, as you heard. This has been episode 1135B of You, the Owner's Manual podcast. Caitlin, thank you for engineering. Thank you, especially our listeners, though, for downloading us. Tell your friends about us if you like us. Even if you don't like us, you can tell your friends about us. The A's are always the latest medical news of the week and what it means to you and feature how you get to live longer and younger. The B's, great guests like Netta Gorman. And again, her website is light. Well, the easy way is aftersugarclub.com. after Sugarclub.com. Thanks again. We'll be back next week with another spectacular guest, although I don't know that anyone can do as well as Netta has. And remember, we are sponsored by the Great Age You can go to our website, GreatAgeReboot.com, download the app Reboot Your Age, and find out how to stay young longer and prepare. For the reboot, which will allow you with at least an 80% probability to be 40 when your calendar strikes 90. And the other sponsor is Life's First Naturals.com, the makers of both True Biotics and Bovine Colostrum. Bovine Colostrum is something you should consider in the winter to head off those upper respiratory infections especially if you're going to get around your grandkids and haven't been around them in a few weeks. Upper respiratory infections are often given from your grandkids to you. Thanks very much. We'll be back next week.